And God can, can be the only one who can deliver. You and I have been in situations where it is out of your control. It just, it just is. And you want to do something, and you, you know, you're like, maybe I have to do something. Maybe God's waiting for me to do something. Uh, sometimes, other times, God is just saying, you need to just wait for me. It is not your time. I experienced it with our baby, Evelyn. And I'm sorry if I keep bringing her up, but I believe that a miracle of God is something that you just talk about forever. You shouldn't forget about what's done for you in your life. You shouldn't forget what God did for you in your sins in your past. I still get excited when I think about how God saved me. Even though I grew up in the church, I get excited about the day I remember when I was baptized in his name. So I know what it means to just be out of control. Every day waiting for our baby in the NICU, just every day we'd get a call, hey, today you guys may need to come in because it just may be the last day. Those are the kind of calls that we would just get. And what do you do? You just wait, and you just let God do what God does. Amen. And even today, I know that Evelyn has a bright future because God did it all. But I still have to wait for what that is. Amen. And we can look at, obviously, um, Elijah's experience in 1 Kings 19. If you want to follow along. If not, I'll probably... Read it out to you. And, and in this, I really enjoyed this one um, simply because. Break it. That's right. Technology. Be still. Be patient. While they work that out. To the next slide, please. Um, it says here in 1 Kings 19 And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. I'm going to skip down a couple of verses. We know about Elijah's, uh, we're talking about Elijah now, not Eli. Uh, Elijah's trajectory, and perhaps you do, if you don't, read that, uh, that uh, the couple of chapters before, and you'll understand what kind of went on, the, the persecution, who he took out, and where we are at this point. Now he's going to a cave. It's verse 9 says, And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And I paused there for a second. I said, isn't it interesting that you have to refuge yourself away from things to hear God's word? You just, you just kind of have to separate yourself a couple of times. What dost thou hear, Elijah? God asks him, what are you doing here? <laughs> it, it, I find it a little funny because it's almost like Elijah doesn't know what he's doing. And God's asking him, what are you doing here? And God knows what he's doing there. He's seeking for an answer. He's seeking for his next move. What else he needs to do? Thank you. <clears throat> and he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord. God, I'm, I'm working hard for you. I, I, this is all because of you. For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thy altars. They, 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 they. He goes down a path of they, 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 they. Nothing to do with me, right? And they seek my life, oh, but, I'm, but I'm concerned about my life, to take away. And he said, go forth, God told him, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. So God's given him instructions. Okay, this is what you're here for. Get ready then. Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. So he's speaking to God. He waited for God's answer. And God's saying, okay, here's what you need to do. And God demonstrated himself. And he passed by. And a great strong wind rent the mountains. And break pieces, the rocks before the Lord. Shook the mountains. That's the power of God. 
Well, we can do many lessons about that. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. Oftentimes, and I fall victim of this, we get captivated in the shiny, in the illustration, in the physical movement. And we look for that because it's natural. We get excited. When, when we hear, bring down the fire, that perhaps is not where God is. And I'm not saying that this applies to it all because God does move in special ways. But I'm saying is your desire to be with God shouldn't be in just the miracles and the illustrations. If you wait all your life just waiting for God to manifest himself in a, in a, in a miracle or in an extreme way, that is not where God is. God is in a still, small voice. But that is the way he spoke to Elijah. Just maybe there's a different way that God speaks to us. In this story, theologians and preachers and teachers have puzzled over the millennia of God revealed himself to Elijah. And from an appearing, a manifestation of God, again, the wind hitting the mountains, the mountains revealing itself, God's demonstrating his power. He's demonstrating his, his might. He's almost foreshadowing or, or showing Elijah, why do you get to worry? If I can do all of this, why do you get to worry? So God shows him his power, but then, then, when God speaks to him in a still, small voice, this is what happens. And it was so, verse 13, if you're following. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering of the cave. This is very significant. The, the reason that's placed there is he put his face in his mantle because that is where the moment that he felt God's presence. You can see, you can be in the audience, and I don't mean this to insult, but you can be in the audience and you can see somebody praying and you can see somebody receiving the Holy Ghost. And you can be in the audience. And you can see the power of God. But the moment that you take the initiative to come to the altar. And then you get to dwell in his still small voice. That's where the power of the Holy Spirit takes over. And you have nothing but to do is in reverence to the power of God. And put the mantle over your head or over your face. Because that is where you begin to engage. And you begin to actively listen to his word. That is where you begin to hear his still small voice. You can see the miracle from the seats, but wouldn't you want to partake instead? Amen. And as we continue, hearing his small voice requires discerning God's voice. Because guess what? We have a small voice too. Your heart wants to do some things. Your carnal nature wants to do things. Okay, on time. Yep. So it's very important that you understand what God's voice sounds like. Amen. In John 10, 27, it says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. 
If you've been with Jesus long enough, you know God's voice. But also, if you haven't been with Jesus and he has struck you with the transformative power of his word, you can recognize that voice anywhere you go. You don't have to know God for a long time to know that he can change you at any moment. It just takes a willing heart. It takes a willing mind to be able to say, God, begin to work in me. Uh, A preacher once said, the sheep that hear his voice, those are sheep. Those that do not, those are goats. Take, Take that as you will. (laughs) <laughs> it's a polite way of saying you're not hearing God's voice, right? Makes you feel better, I guess. And I, and I want to bring to you Exodus 3. And I can appreciate you if you've been following along. Um, if not, again, I'm going to read a couple of verses. Now Moses kept a flock, uh, Exodus 3.1 of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God and even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in the flame of fire out of the midst of a bush, and he looked. And behold, the bush was burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great light. Why the bush is not burnt? Curiosity. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him, out of the midst of the bush, and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. And he said, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from, thy, from off thy feet, for the place where thou standest is holy ground. Verse 6. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face. Here we have another example The reason God repeats certain stories and perhaps in similar fashion is because he's showing us just how human Moses was. Here we have Moses doing his duty, taking care of the flock, being a shepherd. He sees a burning bush, or obviously he sees a manifestation, gets called to attention by the angel, sees the burning bush, and the bush is not burning. Wouldn't you call that a miracle, or wouldn't you say, that is interesting? If you saw a tree on fire out there and the tree wasn't burning down, you'd for a second just look and say, what's going on there? You try to figure it out. But that doesn't mean you know what's going on. You don't have an understanding of what's behind it. Here yet again, God is demonstrating his power before getting to know Moses. God is showing him, here's what I can do. Before I get to know you, I'm going to show you. You don't have to question who I am. And then God says, I am that I am. I am the God of Abraham. God recounts who he is. Perhaps Obviously, Moses knows who Abraham was, the lineage, the story. So God tells him who he is. And it is until then that God introduces himself, reveals his power. What does Moses do? He hid his face. He understood where he was now. He had a revelation of what was before him, who was before him, the power that was there, and he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt. And here we begin to go into the story of Moses, right? But what I'm trying to tell you is it came to a point where Moses had to discern, hey, this is of God or this is not of God. And the moment he understood it came from God and it was God, 
it revealed to him. So many times, church, you and I are probably going to hear and see powerful things, but you need to discern where those things are coming from. If it's for the benefit of the church, if it's for the benefit of God's kingdom, it is from God. But if it's for your only power and glory, you need to be careful of that. And then it comes down to, well, how do we practice I talked earlier about practicing, actively listening. My wife helps me practice actively listening a lot. (laughs) My wife's here this morning, and this is the first uh, Sunday school that Evelyn is here with us as well. So, praise God. I was excited. I really was. But the reason I say my wife helps me practice actively listening all the time is because in your marriage, you should pause and just listen sometimes to your wife or husband. You, you cannot hear them if you're speaking. And I, I had to learn this, and I still have to learn this sometimes. My wife didn't say amen. <laughs> <clears throat> so I want to start beginning to close with this. We heard about Elijah. We heard about Eli. We, heard, we saw how God manifested his power before he began to speak to them. Before they understood, that's who was speaking to them. And Jeremiah 29, 12 says, you may have already read this while it was up there. It says, then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will, be, and I will hearken unto you, and ye shall seek me and find me, and ye shall search for me with all your heart. It doesn't say some of your heart. It doesn't say a portion of your heart. If you stand with me this morning. You can't listen to God if you're not having a conversation with him. You can't listen to God if you're the only one having a conversation with him. You can't listen to God if you don't know what God's voice sounds like. And lastly, you can't actively listen. And the reason it needs to be active is because God's word is transformative. God's word does carry power. The name of Jesus called in a time of need. With all your heart, God says, I'm going to answer to you. That answer may look in many different ways. It may not look the way you want it to look, right? Eli didn't hear God's voice but four times until he did something. What would have happened if it would have been five or six or seven times? Only God knows. There's a song that says it's, it's called Axis. And in this song, it recounts a story of it himself where we don't know where we would be if it weren't for the access of God's power and God's spirit. The only person and the only one who knows is God. God knows where you would be without him. I don't even know where I would be without him. But I do know where I will be with God. I do know that I have a secure place in the kingdom if I hear his word, if I act upon his word, and I'm engaged in a relationship with him. If I can encourage you this morning, God wants to have that relationship with you. If you were here last Sunday when Bishop preached, man, was there a move of God, and we were receptive to that move. 
We were engaged with that power. We were listening to his word. Church, I want to invite you to this altar this morning. If you have not spoken to God in the last couple of days, if you have not engaged in a conversation with God, he wants to do that this morning. Don't worry about how many times he's already spoken to you. This is yet another time where God is reaching out to you and he's respecting your position. But he says, I want to speak to you this morning. As the worship team leads us into worship, why don't you engage in a conversation with him?
Proverbs 2, 2 through 5 say this. So that thou incline thine ear unto, thy, unto wisdom, and apply thy heart to understanding. Ye, if thou criest after knowledge, and if lifted up thy voice for understanding, if thou seeketh her as silver, and searchest for her as, as hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord, and find the knowledge of God. Amen. It's the art of listening and listening to God's voice in this crazy world. Why don't we just close in prayer as we go into our next service and just thank him for his word and his voice. Thank you, Jesus, for speaking to us this morning, God. As we enter into a moment of prayer for our next service, God, that daily we practice the ability to listen to you, Lord, to actively engage with you in a conversation, in a relationship where you can transform our lives, not who we once were, but who we can be for you and the kingdom, God. Lord, thank you, Jesus, for the access that we have to you and your spirit. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen.